Sessionable. Welcome to Sessionable. Um, we've got a special guest on the program today. Uh, we're joined by Stu from Yeasty Boys. Hey, Stu. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thanks, no worries, for, thanks for coming, coming on. And uh, you brought some awesome beers with you, which is yeah. really exciting. So this is going to be fun. Um, this is going to be close to a sessionable record, I think. I, I think it might be, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. ABV-wise, it definitely... <laughs> like, not since the first episode have we drunk this many beers in a, in a single episode. I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the recurring theme here. <laughs> um, Alright, so we've, uh, we've got our first beer in front of us. Um, we'll talk about that and then we'll, we'll go, into, go into the show. Uh, so what, what have we got? Um, so this is the Anchorage... Um, is it straight wit? Yeah, white, white out, out white, white out. Yeah. So it's um a ba- Chardonnay barrel aged with Brett. Is that the? Mm, just I think it's I'm not sure what barrel they what, used. Yeah, it is. It is, it is, it is barrel bit, aged. Yes, it is aged in French oak Chardonnay barrels. Yeah. It's beautiful. Six and a half percent, twenty IBUs. So um, yeah, just picked the first few beers we'll drink. Picked them up from uh, Platinum Liquor, uh, where I popped out this morning. Caught up with Adam. Uh, a man after my own heart. I think he likes sort of the really delicate, interesting beers, and yeah. uh, he recommended a few for me. And I've tried a couple at Anchorage before. They've got the same distributor across the US that we do as okay. well. So oh, cool. I met them at a beer festival over there a couple of years ago, and and really liked their beers. Kind of, they remind me of Durank and uh, mm. Jolly Pumpkin, mm. yeah. who are two of my favourite breweries in the world. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think I've had a bad Anchorage beer. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had a lot, but everyone I've had have yeah, really been enjoyed. Fantastic. Um, I've had this one a few times, and it's it's just fantastic every time I have it. It is, yeah, quite um, quite delicate. Quite, yeah. yeah, yeah, really European influenced. Yeah. I think that's they're the kind of breweries I really like out of the US. The ones that are, have have a really strong kind of European influence on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, obviously we're starting low with a six point something percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, such a, it's just uphill from here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Does Anchorage use Brett in all their beers? They seem to. So. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. As yeah. I think, yeah, them and Jolly Pumpkin and uh, yeah. like exclusively funky. Hmm. Nice. It's got a really good balance, though, isn't it? Yeah, they're always. They seem to me really clean. Mm. Yeah. You know, they've got that sort of slight pineapple character. Yeah. Um, definitely not nothing too funky. Yeah, it's no. not like overly farmhouse or. Yeah. A horse blanket, as people would say. Mm. Have you ever tasted a horse blanket? <laughs> Apparently, I have. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember. I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Adam. Actually, had a rant about people using horse blanket as a. <laughs> it's like, have you ever actually tasted a real horse blanket? Actually, that that, that sounds like an Adam rant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, well, I've no, smelt yeah. horse, and I I kind of know yeah. what horse. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. yeah. I can imagine what a horse, horse. You get a pretty yeah, good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The one that I really don't get is wet dog because I've got a dog and she gets wet all the time because we live by the sea and she never smells like wet dog. Like <laughs> what I could imagine any beer ever smelling like. <laughs> Unless you got wet in beer or something. Yeah, yeah. But goatee, I never really got until recently. Goatee? Yeah. I haven't heard that one. That's good. Yeah, goatee's <laughs> a really common one that goes around the beer world, and I've never really got a goatee beer until recently, uh, actually at the AIBA Awards Yeah. Dinner. Uh, I grabbed one of my beers, which was one of my favourite Australian beers of all time. I cracked the top, and I was thinking, this is awesome, put it into my glass. And it really, it just smelled like a like someone had dropped a couple of cubes of goat cheese into the bottom of my glass. <laughs> it's like, wow. just bizarre, totally bizarre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we might uh, do like a bit of introductions and then keep talking about beer. So, um, obviously, you're uh, 
you know, you're a brewer, you brew uh, yeasty boys in New Zealand. Why don't you tell us a bit about like how that started and, and what you guys do? That's... Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a, originally like a, just a beer lover, and I guess I still am, and I always will be, you know. No matter where Yeasty Boys goes, uh, I think I'm probably well known in the industry for being a big promoter of other people's beers and just being a real yeah. beer lover. Yeasty Boys is kind of my way to do it all day, every day, you know, <laughs> which is kind of what I want to do yeah. and which I am going to do pretty soon, actually. I've just quit my day job, awesome. finally. Congratulations. Um, so... Uh, about sort of ten years ago, I kind of guess I, wa- I felt like I wanted to be a chef or something. You know, like I just I love flavour. I'm really into food and drink uh, of all sorts. And I had this kind of revelation where I actually went around telling everyone I was going to become a chef and I was going to quit my job. Um, and then after I'd told everyone, I thought that's a fucking stupid idea because I love actually socializing as well yeah <laughs> and if you're a chef you know chefs are always grumpy because they love socializing but they never get to socialize yeah. with anyone because they're always working yeah uh so i kind of took a step back and thought you know what could i do that might be a bit different from that and still kind of socialize but work in that kind of area uh and i was into really into beer as well uh, so i decided i'm going to become a brewer so I started doing a bit of home brewing, and um, I'd done a little bit in the past, and I'd kind of always been into beer and been doing it like a sort of, I was on a journey of some sort. Uh, I didn't really know it, but I was always, I, I knew that I was always looking for something special, and I hadn't quite found it. So I started home brewing for a couple of years, I guess, and uh, and then I kind of immersed myself into the beer scene to learn more, because I just wanted to know more and more, and what I read online or... You know, when I first started homebrewing, my internet speed was so slow that it wouldn't open pictures, <laughs> only open words. And it's quite hard to learn about brewing when you can't kind of see what people are doing yeah, to yeah, brew. Yeah. And there was no kind of commu- homebrewing community or anything. So I just kind of worked really hard on um, meeting people who knew about beer and stuff like that. And the only way I could really do that was to meet professional brewers. So I started doing things like volunteering, stewarding at the beer awards and I kind of worked my way through that scene being, you know, first the steward, then the head steward, the chief scorer, you know, um, at that stage I was already well known enough amongst the brewing community to be like co-opted onto the Brewers Guild um, executive committee even though I wasn't a professional brewer, uh, just to sort of help out because they knew that I could basically do the shit that they wanted to do for free, (laughs) (laughs) which is always really helpful. and during that time, I started a home brewing company uh, for online sales called Liberty Brewing, which some of you will probably know that brand now because yep. it's kind of I passed it on. I uh, adopted it out to a friend. Basically, when Yeasty Boys became too hard to run alongside the home brewing yeah. company, mm-hmm. uh, I passed it on to my friend Joe, uh, who basically just bought the stock off us, and we you know gave him the website and everything, and awesome. uh, yeah. and then he did the same a couple of years later. But he had already started brewing under the Liberty moniker, so he passed on the home brew company to someone else, uh, Balin's Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And essentially, I think for all of us, the home brew company was just an excuse to have all of the ingredients we ever wanted, <laughs> you know, in our backyard. There was no way I was ever going to make money off that business because yeah. I wasn't into selling it. I just sold it basically because I had so much stock in my hands that I couldn't, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, and at that point, yeah, I thought Yeasty Boys was quite busy, but I still had a full-time day job and, you know, uh, two kids, I guess, at that stage and third one on the way uh, and have continued the day job right through to now, um, but growing the business from, you know, basically just brewing seasonal batches at first and then uh, pop, 
Pot Kettle Black became, that was our first beer and it became pretty popular pretty quickly, so we did that. Uh, we brought in a couple of other beers as kind of permanent beers uh, about six months later just because we felt sorry for Pot Kettle Black being a lonely beer on the shelf. <laughs> and that was Hutter War and Rick's Attitude. Uh, and we've done, we've now done probably like 70 or 80 beers, I guess, over the last wow. five years. Um, always with that homebrew spirit of just wanting to experiment and not really wanting to... Um, we don't want to refine stuff too much before we put it out there. We want to, you know, keep that spirit alive of, of homebrewing, but it doesn't mean that we're always going to kind of rebrew them again and again or anything. Yeah, yeah great. And um, and that's basically kind of where we've got. We've now got three other kind of fairly regular beers in digital IPA, um, Gunna Matter, which is our biggest seller now, and uh, I think Golden your biggest Perch. buyer of it is probably in this room. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would say so. Certainly yeah. the biggest yeah. uh, untapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those listening at home, our producer Lee is uh, a gunamata fiend. He, uh, I think he has a rec- he has a record yeah. on untapped. I'm pretty sure the Pump House ordered a pallet just for him. Just for Lee. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Pump House have been a pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome supporter of it, I guess. And I guess Lee works close by. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, well, fantastic. So, um, we've just come off, uh, like, Good Beer Week just finished in Melbourne. Uh, Gabs as well, and you were, you were down there for that. Um, yep. And you were pretty involved with uh, a bunch of events, uh, starting with the Weedy before Good Beer Week, right? Is that... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Good Beer Weedy, I just massively connected with Jade the first time I met her. Uh, she was a really good... Uh, buyer off our first importer that we had, mm-hmm. uh, Inspire, yeah. uh, based up in Brisbane a few years ago, and I met Jade probably the second or th- second or third time I came across to Melbourne for, you know, what was not called Good Beer Week then, but was based around the events around the Australian International Beer yeah. Awards, and really connected with her big time on, you know, beer philosophy and whatnot, um, and just as a, you know, a human being, I guess. Um to the point where, you know, the f- after the first couple of days that we'd met each other, I said, look, I really want to, you know, come out and see your pub. I like like you guys and your philosophy and what you're up to. Um, can we come and visit sometime? And she said, yeah, let's do a, you know, do a tasting or something. And she forgot about it. And about six months later, I said, look, I'm going to come for this tasting if you're still up for it before Good Beer Week next year. And so she thought, well, well if Stu's coming out, I might as well make a whole kind of weekend of it. Yeah. And so they started Good Beer Wheaty, you know, <laughs> which is a kind of nice little play um, in, a, in a, a very loving way to what Good Beer Week does and, and a way that allows their customers who can't afford to get out to Melbourne or something to yeah. experience something a little bit different. So we went out there and we did a little tasting and it was pretty successful. Uh, and they had a couple of other uh, doc came down, Doctor's Orders, yeah. Darren came down as well. Uh, and he's come every year as well since... So we've done that kind of three years in a row now. And this wow. year, they've started their own brew pub, which is pretty awesome. And uh, we went down and brewed the first three beers through their new brewery, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. Because um, Jade's been, you know, she's got such a great palate and a great knowledge of beer. Um, she drinks less than any other brewer I've ever met in my <laughs> life. She's really well restrained and very, very thoughtful about her beer. Uh, and she's... Um, she just got the most amazing group of brewers you could ever possibly imagine to come in and brew <laughs> with her for the, the first three beers through their brewery. It was yeah, like the it's ultimate a pretty good christening, isn't sort of it? Dream, yeah. dream team collaboration, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. So was um, it you guys, was it Doc as well? Yeah, so the first day it was um, uh, Yeasty Boys, 
Weedy Brewing Core and um, Magic Rock and Bera del Borgo. Wow. So wow. Stu wow. and Leo from uh, those respective breweries. And then second day was um, uh, Tobias from Tuol. And it was supposed to be Shane from Six Point Brewery uh, and myself. And then Jade and Dave, uh, her brewer down at the Weedy. Uh, who used to work at Galbraith's in Auckland, so it was really nice to kind of hang out with him. And cool. Galbraith's is a classic New Zealand brew pub, which um, you know he never, unfortunately, he never really got to properly brew it. Uh, and he looks like he's going to get a really good chance to brew at the Weedy. Awesome, yeah. Uh, and then we had a couple of days break, uh, which was much needed because we had a couple of big nights as well. <laughs> well, it's the and, Weedy; it's like yeah, fuck, you have to. <laughs> yeah. And then on the Monday, um, I brewed with uh, Doc Doctor's orders. Uh, and that was really cool as well because we've been talking about brewing together for years, you know, yeah. having known each other. And he spends a lot of time in New Zealand having family there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really, really nice to brew with him. And then on the fourth day, I went up and brewed with Lobethal, who I've brewed with for um, three years in a row now as well, every yeah, time right. I go out to the yeah. Wheat Chief. Yeah, so, that's a great, great place as well. Yeah, yeah, it? great. Yeah. It was really great. And it was the first time I'd actually got to go up there on the weekend and see what happens there when the mm. brew pub's open and, okay. you know, yeah. full of people and beers are flowing and they've got Good happy smiles on their yeah, face. Yeah, Because yeah. I usually go and brew on a day when everything's closed. So really cool. Um, just such a beautiful part of the world. Um, and the Wheaty is undoubtedly my favourite pub in the whole world. It's, I say that uh, same thing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah it's far. got absolutely everything I could hope for. You know, it's it's got this family friendly vibe it's got people mm. in you know work gear with high-vis jackets on you know sitting next to people in suits um there's musos there there's kind of hippies there there's hipsters there there's you know like everyone coming into one place and they all feel comfortable and happy an amazing tap selection like you wouldn't believe really awesome food trucks they don't try and go overboard and you know start a kitchen which yeah. is yeah. going to be hard to manage or anything they just get really great food trucks to come in and and uh, everyone just seems happy there all the time. And I know they're not, you know, it's idyllic. I get to go and see them at the best of times. And <laughs> yeah. everyone's really nice to me when I go there. But um, they just, they seem like a really happy family, like the Waltons or, you know, yeah. Eight is Enough or something, kind of TV shows. <laughs> I grew up with knowing that didn't really exist, but uh, they kind of seem like that. I mean, I based a whole trip on South Australia just to go and sit the weedy for like four days straight. And yeah, well, it was I've, worth it. Like, yeah. I've, I would have spent. Probably I know twelve days in Adelaide in my life, and I still haven't actually seen another pub. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't think I've seen any yeah. other pub in yeah. Adelaide either. Yeah, I mean the trips have been based around going to the Weedy for events, but um, there doesn't seem to be a reason to go anywhere else. It's would you, it, yeah. is, it is that that nicer place, that mm. nicer, nicer community. Yeah, I I, I love the Weedy. It's, I I say it's my favourite pub in Australia and mm. now that I think about it, it might be in the world as well like yeah. I haven't really thought about it that way I still, still haven't been we oh. have to fix that I think yeah. I would think that I will be fixing that soon actually I think I'm going Adelaide in Excellent. a few weeks Excellent. I think those kind of places can only really exist in a place that is a little bit bare of other options yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, because everyone who wants to love Good beer and good music, and a community place, kind yeah. of place, you know, goes there. They don't yeah. really, yeah. they probably don't have that many other options in Adelaide. It'd be harder to establish it in a place that already has a really established, you know, beer and music community. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But in saying that, I haven't seen the rest of Adelaide, so I've got no <laughs> fucking idea. <laughs> All right, so we're on to our second beer. Um, we've got the Troubadour Blonde, so it's a, a Belgian blonde ale. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, 
6.5%. These guys are... Um, I mean, I've heard about them before. I've had a few of their beers. They aren't like an established Belgian brewery, but they, you know, do mostly uh, traditional stuff. Um, and everything I've had from them has been pretty good. I think the Magma is their yep. Belgian IPA, or is it their, their Imperial Stout? Imperial Stout. Yeah, I've, I've had about three of their beers. Yeah, I've had, I've had a few of them. My understanding was that they... It's like, I think, three guys, or two or three yeah. guys, and they all went and tried to get professional jobs as brewers in different Belgian breweries and all got knocked down. And so they just decided to start their own brewery. Sweet. Um, but yeah. yeah. No, I... I oh, yeah, that well, that's, explains why it says Belgian ale brewed and bottled by the... the Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Adam just recommended this to me. He just we were talking about labels and like really really good breweries uh, that sell themselves short by poor labelling. Yeah. Uh, and the one that I think of in New Zealand, who's just changed all their design work and everything, um, is Townsend Brewery, who's probably my favourite brewery in New Zealand. Make absolutely yeah. beautiful, beautiful, drinkable, thoughtful, mm. interesting beers. Um, and their labels were really kind of like some sort of old school. 1950s yeah. English, you know, <laughs> sort of Hicktown brewery, uh, and they've just changed them, and they they look so much better and so much more interesting. Mm. They're going to make people pick them up, which is yeah. you know the, the yeah. probably the biggest battle for everyone, especially mm. as more and more breweries kind of start turning up, making really interesting beers and outrageous beers and whatnot. Mm. And Adam just said, yeah, these guys make really great beers, but their labels to look at them kind of look a bit naff, like you know, yeah. Kind of a bit like someone kind plain. of designed them, yeah. you know, a Game of Thrones fan or yeah. Yeah. something designed them. It as is very oldwood Europe, which yeah. doesn't really hasn't really had to compete in that that whole design thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you were talking about before. I just wanted what were like when you were getting started, some breweries uh, in New Zealand that you really looked up to, and and what really inspired you to to want to get involved. Probably, um, I think the thing that probably most inspired me to you know go from home brewer to pro brewer or semi-pro um, was just the openness of the brewing community when I first got involved you know I mean Richard Emerson was probably one and still is one of my biggest you know brewing heroes and mm-hmm. I consider him a friend now as well as a you know a hero and a mentor and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, and I, I swear that within the first five minutes of meeting him for the first time I just felt like we were old buddies you know he was just so into beer he's so into beer that he doesn't care who you are or you know if you have any kind of background or pedigree or anything if you if you say something that inspires him about the flavor of beer or anything like that even the color of it you know if you describe the color he just loves that kind of stuff and he gets so excitable about it he's like a a little kid (laughs) (laughs) he still is that twinkle in his eye yeah 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 Yeah, he's just fantastic uh he's probably my biggest inspiration I still really really love the Emerson's beers mm-hmm. um, they'd be amongst my favourite kind of if I had to pick a range uh, but everyone I think um, there was a lot of when I first got into it there were a lot of kind of the new what I'd call the new breed kind of um, or the, maybe the second wave of the craft second brewers yeah sort of so um, starting up at that stage so Emerson's were already fairly well established yep. but um, three boys just started and Ralph is a scientist you know mm-hmm. um, lecturer at university who turn to brewing um, and that was really exciting to me the story of someone changing their career you know mm-hmm. from nowhere to, to start up that brewery and he makes again really nice beers 
cool, catchy, you know, design work behind yeah. the label, really simple, and hasn't really changed much since he started. He just does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Epic was starting around about then as well, so both of those breweries are probably kind of seven to eight years old now, I guess. Um, three Boys might be slightly older. Um, it's during weird thinking my time, that's like old hat now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah during my time uh, working for the at the New Zealand Beer Awards and things like that, I worked a lot with Steve Nelly at Invercargill. Uh, mm-hmm. He was stewarding just so that he could try other beers and see the judging process, so he could learn about making better beers himself. Yeah, uh, and we obviously developed a really, really awesome relationship then, and uh, that's why we brew all our beer through yeah. Invercargill now. I guess it's a um, pretty pivotal relationship in yeah your, in your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah just. Um, the fact that we connected really well on the on the style of beers that we liked and the well we we both really like all styles I guess but we both have very similar philosophies about what we like out of beer and mm-hmm. um, and you can see that in their beers and our beers but I don't think you can taste I, I wouldn't say you taste a house character across the yeah. matter we yeah. we kind of do our own thing but we both are aiming for a similar sort of thing you know like people would say their beers are pretty normal and people would say our beers are really kind of out there and you know, wacky or you know, bizarre and over the top, but I think if you taste them both, they're both really, they're based on classic styles and mm-hmm. based around really drinkable, you know, kind of beers that you, yeah. you drink with friends and you don't drink alone and just kind of untap them or, <laughs> uh, you know, rate beer them or anything like that. I mm. think they're all designed to be, you know, drunk with food and, and with people and whatnot. And start a conversation and yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it's all about. You know? mm. yeah. So it really, and it kind of upsets me when people write anything about us and say I, I expected more from the Yeastie Boys you know I expected this to be more bizarre or yeah. you know to have more flavour or more of this or more of that you know yeah because I think in the end I'm always trying to pull back to some kind of delicate you know nuance mm. that I want to come through um, which is why probably I've picked some of the beers I've picked today mm. for us to taste um, and we'll get to my beers later and you'll go <laughs> delicate about this it's a velvet hammer do you think, like you guys, as you're getting a bit more developed as a as a brewing partnership, that you're starting to tone down on the little things and changing the way that you're brewing, or you feel like you're you're still carried carried on with it when you started? No, I think we're still really carried on the same kind of. I think at the heart of it all for me is the kind of home brewing eth- ethic and sort of um, idea experimentation that, and yeah always trying to do something a little bit different and that's quite frustrating for Invercargill Brewery because they've got the production side that you know they want to make the same beer day mm-hmm. in day out and they want to try and make it better every time yeah and I'm always trying to t- tweak the recipe when they would probably say why don't you think more about the production and maybe that <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe instead of tweaking the recipe that we just need to get it slightly better next yeah, time yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, Still got the home yeah, so, spirit. Yeah. yeah, so I think that that's sort of probably the most interesting side of that relationship. Um, we're certainly not at all, you know, interested in brewing like a New Zealand Pilsner or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There's enough of them out there. There's uh, other people yeah. covering that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just kind of. I'm, I'm starting to thankfully be more inspired by other breweries. You know, at first I was probably less inspired by other breweries and more by foods and mm-hmm. flavours and things like that. Uh, now I think I'm starting to be inspired by more breweries just because of the fact there's so many more breweries around now with more of an ethic like ours. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, it's funny you say about the um, kind of just making beers to to drink with 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 food and with mates and mm. 
not necessarily making the craziest shit. And I remember, I think I told you last year at Gab's that, you know, the golden age of bloodshed, I didn't think it had enough beetroot. And you said, well, th- that's not the point. <laughs> and I didn't really get it until, you know, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that's not really the point <laughs> yeah. of... It's not meant to be a beetroot bomb or anything like that. Yeah, we couldn't get much more beetroot in there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking it had a lot of beetroot. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Was, uh, I think the yeah. thing about that beer is, you know, I had my last bottle of it about uh, probably only about no six weeks ago, and I thought, fuck, I wish we had aged this for a year before we before we had released it. It really softened. We're almost going to bring a bottle. Today, yeah. Softened up and like the sweetness came through, and the sweetness kind of drew some of the beetroot out mm. of it and everything. Okay. And I really liked it at the time because it was dry and earthy, and yeah. I love beetroot. You know, not for the pickled beetroot that probably most New yeah. Zealanders, I don't know about Australians, if you've grown up with the pickled beetroot, yeah, has been well, the big thing. Yeah, the pickled one. Yeah, uh, you know, vine- pickled in vinegar or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I love just like a really nice roasted beetroot yeah. or. Um, or a little bit of beetroot mash or foam or something like that. You know? <laughs> I love the you know delicate kind of flavours in it, mm. and I really loved that about that beer. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, wish that other people could have got that out of it. Yeah, yeah. And then when I tried it later, I thought, wow, you know, I wish, I wish we had just made it six months in advance and then kind of bought it over at that time. Yeah, when yeah. people could have tried it as you know something a little bit more probably nuanced and. Something stopping you doing it yeah. again, is there? <laughs> yeah. We might do it again at some stage, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the best thing about that beer was that one of the one of my favourite chefs in New Zealand like basically pleaded with me to brew a second batch so they could have it in their restaurant awesome. on their menu. So yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we did. We brewed a second batch. We had already thought we didn't have quite enough kegs for New Zealand because we'd sent a lot to Australia. Yeah. Uh, and we'd sent a few to America as well. And we thought it would be really nice if we could probably just brew like half a batch more so we had enough kegs for New Zealand and then when he asked me that I just said yeah sure yeah. so we, we brewed we heart bottled half of them and put them through their restaurant so we didn't sell the bottles anywhere else just through them yeah awesome uh, and it was just really flattering for a guy who you know every time I go into a restaurant his restaurant and eat his food I think our beer is so shit no, <laughs> his, his food is that good that it just makes my beer scene you know, yeah. terrible and most of the New Zealand beer scenes beer you know um and I think in that regard, we've got a long way to go because we, you know, we we really we're not as good yet as the cheesemakers and the winemakers yeah. and the and the chefs of New Zealand, uh, and that's a good thing because it's pretty damn good now. But well, I mean, if you ever thought that you better. couldn't get any better, would you want to keep on doing it? No, not not of really. course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of this beer? I'm I'm really enjoying. I it. really like it. Um, and you're not usually a fan I, of this kind. Yeah, of... so I I I'm not a fan of the lighter. Um, like the blonde and up mm. Belgian beers, so like blonde, triple, Belgian, golden, strong, because they kind of had this certain sweetness to it that is just overpowering for me, but this has like a really nice kind of uh, bready maltiness yeah, to yeah. it that I'm it's really enjoying. caramely and... Yeah, it's, it's got got a bit of balls for a blonde out, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I like it as well. It's yeah, nice spiciness. Bready is exactly what I thought. It's yeah. just got yeah, this beautiful like kind of sourdoughy almost, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, or rye or. I have to say, mm. I, don't, I don't think I've ever been given a, a bottle by Adam from Adam that I haven't enjoyed. Like any anything he recommends. Mm. Yeah, so you know, 
there's something to be said about really great bottle stores where the people love what they're doing, you know. Yeah. yeah. We're lucky in Wellington with regional wines and spirits like that as well. And uh, It's worth travelling for places like that. And I said to Adam while I was there, I pointed out a couple of wines that I really liked at his store and he said it's unusual for a beer guy to come in and, you know, talk about wines. And I said, well, I really love wine and unfortunately I don't get much chance to drink it because I'm usually drunk on beer all the time <laughs> and I think I probably shouldn't have a glass of wine after this but yeah. I'd really love it and I, um, my wife drinks a bit of wine and we get you know the odd bottle and whatnot and, ha- and knowing really great bottle stores who sell beer all the best ones to me sell wine and spirits as well and um, yeah that you know, I've just carries had some, over doesn't yeah, it yeah I've just had some amazing recommendations from the guys you know I'll go in there and they know they don't need to serve me for beer because I know what I'm looking yeah, for yeah. or you know occasionally they might say oh we've got this new thing in or something but I, I always ask them you know what what can I get wine wise and they give me really really good recommendations and it's the same thing. They, they never. You you don't get a dud bottle of wine through them because they just yeah they know their shit and they yeah. only sell good stuff. It's yeah. good, like um, you know, like having like that sort of bottle shop and bar aspect. In a way, it's, it feeds the breweries, but it also provides inf- uh, inspiration for the breweries to go back and do other things. So you get this whole cyclical effect of like brewers coming in, yeah. going, oh, you know, I tried this, I tried that, and going back on, fuck, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and. Just feeds it and keeps it going eternally. It's cool. definitely yeah, 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 yeah. And just thinking, even if it's not so much, you know, I'm going to put wine in my beer or something like that. It, it's how could I get that flavour? Yeah. Why would you, why would you put wine in your beer? That's like... Yeah, <laughs> or even like um, <laughs> silly idea, like uh, Leo from Beer de Borgo doing stuff like putting like you know Sangiovese grape musts into a beer Fuck. and stuff like that. Like yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I think there's a lot the beer industry can learn from the wine industry is because they've been doing it for so much longer and I think there's some cool things that can still happen. Yeah, and it takes time. You know, it takes time to make good wine and I've mm. always got, you know, a lot of people probably know me as my, my little mantra is fresh is not best. And I really believe that all of our beers are way better at three months old than they are at mm-hmm. three weeks old. And most of them are probably better at six months to a year than they are at three months as well. And that's partly the type of beers we make. Um, yeah. But also just the robustness of the flavours. You know, it takes time for those flavours to kind of meld into each other and become, mm-hmm. you know, one and let some of the more delicate things below, the you know, the more unusual kind of flavours that have come from the fermentation and, yeah. the, and the melding of those ingredients to actually show through as part of the flavour. At mean, the start, it's all, all malt and hops and some ester or something, you know, and they're all kind of on their own. And then over time they kind of become one, like it, you know you do with your girlfriend after. Yeah, I know, mean it's, it's interesting. Together, is <laughs> not a lot of brewers are really advocates of, of aging at the moment. I, I think the whole fresh mantra mantra is it's it's pretty pretty um, prevalent at the moment. I think. But I think I think you're right when you're saying it's, it has a lot to do with about the styles of beers that you brew as well. Mm. Um, like if you were doing big, you know, uh, West Coast IPAs, yeah, or, then they're you know, um, but. Uh, Definitely, I, I think it's a per beer. Some beers are better, fresher, some aren't. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know. That's my yeah. I agree. My experience. I, yeah. I, I agree. With that. Um, but I definitely like. Um, I found I just uh, moved house and I found a bottle of Gunner Matter that I think was the first batch that you bottled. Um, and then I, so I, I cracked that and it was you know it'd be two years old I think yep. yeah still tasting tasting great different but um still tasting really good. 
the tea still coming through. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think gunner matter especially is something that does hold up yeah. quite well. Yeah. And it does, yeah. When it's well made, like the first, well, the very first batch we've made, we, we found a keg somewhere, you know, hidden under all sorts of things, uh, two years old, and we served it at our fifth birthday party last year. Mm-hmm. It was the best I'd ever tasted it, for sure. Awesome. And yeah, strangely, yeah. you know, usually beers get darker with age, but this beer was paler than wow. any gunner matter I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. To the point where when the bar poured it, I thought, no, That's not gonna matter. accidentally changed the name of it, and then I smelt it and tasted it. And thought, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is definitely gunner mm. matter. So we've got our, um, our third beer. Yeah, so speaking of things that you shouldn't put in beer. Um. What, Sriracha Ace? Is that? <laughs> so we've got the, kidding, I'm kidding. The, the, the Brooklyn, um, yeah, Sriracha Ace Saison, I think is this one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love this beer. Yeah, yeah. You got a bit defensive there, didn't you? Pardon? I guess, like, <laughs> I guess what I was alluding to yeah. was that, uh, that there is a big stigma against Sriracha Ace. I, like you know, yeah. just in general, uh, it it it, would, it has a an odd flavor profile to say the least. But I think this is actually one of the beers that brings it out yeah, I'd well. Agree. I'd agree with you. Um, which is the Brooklyn Sriracha Ace. But in the end, Sriracha is just an ingredient, and yeah, exactly. It's about how you treat it, and exactly. Oh, it's like some people hate coriander or cilantro. You know, there's mm. like Facebook pages, I hate cilantro. <laughs> yeah. And I just think, how could you hate that? It's the most beautiful thing yeah. in the world to yeah. me. There's it's a, probably um, my favourite herb. I think there's a, a genetic marker that you taste, taste, it just tastes like soap. Yeah. Um, and like a certain percentage of the population has that. I'm like, oh, you are missing out. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Be like, I hate sex. Yeah. <laughs> sex and coriander. So is is there a is there a I hate Rex page? <laughs> uh, there probably is. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't found it yet. But I was going to say the same thing. I'm pretty sure that there's a genetic uh, twist there as well. Like there's the people who get all the smokiness from Rex, and then there's yeah. the people who get all the kind of disinfectant mm, and yeah. iodine kind of characters. And I, do, I just don't really get them at all. I only get smoke and yeah. Uh, I get like a lot of hop from there. You know, a lot of people, not many people get hop from there. But yeah, I don't really get. Yeah, the hop from Rex. I get a lot. You you get a bit. The beers, the latest batch that we were sent over to Aussie is unfiltered now. Like all our beers at the moment are unfiltered. Yeah, awesome. Uh, just something that we're experimenting with at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, because I haven't been that happy with them in the last year or so. And the first batch of Rex we unfiltered was just like mind-blowingly good. It reminded me of the first trial beer that I did. You know, my homebrew was mm-hmm. unfiltered, uh, and it was a really beautiful balance of smoke and hop. And for some people, it will be a really awful balance of you know <laughs> disinfectant and hop. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, it's got to be a genetic disposition. Yeah, I know. think that there must be something like that. Yeah, with, with that peach because there is just the love or hate. You know, mm. people love it, and the people who love it, no one ever says, "I love this disinfectanty beer." They always say, "I love this smoky." smoky beer. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of it reminds me of campfire or yeah, yeah, um, smoked fish or. I mean, I sometimes get that iodine characteristics of some like really peaty Isla whiskies, but I definitely don't get it from from Rex at all. No, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm still, you know, I can hug someone who hates it as well. Yeah. <laughs> it makes us both feel better. Yeah. <laughs> so with um, Rex Attitude and Golden Age of Bloodshed and Gunna Matter, there's obviously like a musical influence to your oh, beers. Sure, yeah. And Yeasty, Yeasty Boys, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, yeah, Yeasty yeah, Boys right. as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, do you, 
how do you how do you like come up with these names? Do you come up with the names first or the recipes first or um, generally um I'll have like most brewers probably, you know, at any one time I might have kind of a hundred beer ideas in my head or something. Yeah. And there might be twenty or a, a dozen which are kinda like at the forefront of things that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And some of them are so at the forefront that, you know, I can't think about anything else. And then other ones are kind of just bubbling away. And I listen to music all the time. And often a, a song will come on which kind of just grabs a recipe, you know. So like that was like that with Rex Attitude. The beer was in my mind. I was thinking about it. And the I was just listening to some music at home. And Rex Attitude came on on a, like an electronica mix that I had on. Um, and it just immediately grabbed me, you know, because it was... It, it, I knew before I made Rex Attitude it was going to be a really gutsy mm. play, you know. It was not something for the not something for the faint-hearted at all. Um, but I also... I didn't think it would get quite the reaction that it, you know, did get. But when you look back at it, you know, the name... Maybe subliminally I did know that it was going to get that. Yeah, it's yeah. an aggressive name for an aggressive, yeah, yeah, aggressive yeah. beer. Like, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, now I get all these people saying, you know, sending us emails saying, I bought you beer because my kid thought the label was cute because there was like a T-Rex on it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite what I expected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did the kid like it? So, <laughs> I don't know. Our kids like it, but yeah, they're kind of growing up on it. Yeah. <laughs> but generally, it'll, it'll come like that. Um, sometimes I've got a recipe in my mind and I try to look for a song that'll fit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with Gunna Matter, that was that that case of um, you know I had the beer in mind of what mm. I wanted to do, and I, I really wanted an Australian uh, song for an Australian beer festival. Okay. So, so we, you did you uh, brew Gunna Matter knowing that was going to be for Gabs? Yeah. When you yep. the whole process was like that's for Gabs. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole um, the whole there was like a pro- about a three month process before we actually brewed the beer. Mm-hmm. So I brewed a kind of like a just a pretty generic pale ale, essentially homebrew, um, knowing that I was going to put lots of lots of different teas into it mm-hmm. to kind of see what was going on. And the tea thing had been in my mind for years and years, and it was essentially just a big reaction to the amount of coffee beers that were around that yeah, right. made me finally do it. You know, yeah. but the, but it really had been probably three or four years that I'd been thinking of tea and beer, mm-hmm. mostly because I'd drunk. Uh, I brewed a lot of English bitter because um, I had a hand pump, or I had three hand pumps at home uh, when I was like first started home brewing. I brewed. I just love you know English bitter. Yeah. You know, really, really nice, well made English style beers. You know, around three and a half to four percent. So I brewed a lot of them and got to the point where I kind of had perfected a couple of recipes. Uh, around that sort of marker, you know, like a golden bitter and a, mm-hmm. a reddish kind of amber bitter. And the amber one always, I always used English hops in it, and it always had this kind of just this malty kind of leafy aroma that reminded me of tea a lot. And I drank a lot of tea as a kid, mm-hmm. growing up, um, and all through my teens, and still do drink quite a bit of tea. Uh, and the malt, that malty kind of leafy character of tea that you get a lot, especially when you let it cool down. You know, if your tea cools down and you drink it, yeah. It's just like a cup of beer, basically. You know, <laughs> it really is. Um, that that kind of that was always in my head. And then you know, three three years went by or whatever, and four years went by, 
everyone did a coffee beer, and I had actually been playing around with coffee beers at home uh, just because I was interested in coffee, yeah. and I wondered what it could do with uh, in beers. And I'd just played around with kind of ambers and browns and uh, pale ales, really. Not I didn't I wasn't interested in all in coffee stouts or coffee porters or anything yeah. like that because I think it's kind of the coffee gets lost a yeah. little bit, doesn't yeah. it? Mm. Uh, it's kind of like with like. Uh, so I played around with them a little bit. I hadn't found anything that I was that excited by, and then all of a sudden, like boom, there was this massive, massive craze of coffee pale ales and coffee brown ales and mm-hmm. coffee porters and whatnot. This is, you know, probably six months ahead of when we brewed Gunna Matter. And I just thought, I'm not going to do that, you know. I'm not going to be another person jumping on that bandwagon. Everyone's doing it, and they're not making very nice beers. You know, I'm not that excited about them. None of those beers seem to still be around anymore. Mm. Maybe um, the Eight Wide one, which is probably... C4, yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably the best coffee beer. Yeah, that's a really good one. Epicurean as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's not too bad as well. But the C4, um, eight wide C4 is probably the closest to what I would want to achieve. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And I think to me, you know, I was talking to Adam about it this morning actually. I, I love it when it gets a bit older and it becomes a bit more kind of liqueur like. And the mm. coffee, you know, has this like beautiful undertone in there. And he said he likes it when it's fresh and the coffee's kind of like right out there. And yeah, everything. yeah, and, right in the face. Yeah. Which is interesting because he's not a coffee drinker and I am. And <laughs> so yeah, right. I, I think that he likes it for its coffeeness and I like it for what the coffee kind of delivers later, you yeah. know, once it's aged a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, Gunna Matter was really kind of, it really was, and I've said it quite a few times, I think, you know, that it was kind of like a, uh, you know, you know, biting my thumb at the rest of the beer industry nice. yeah, in some I've way. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, instead of jumping on the bandwagon, you created yeah. your own. Yeah, because you know, yeah. I've seen there's been quite a few tea beers pop yeah. up since since kind of matter. And there were a few around before it. You know, yeah. I know yeah. it was. Um, I don't know if I'd actually tried any tea beers, but I had seen a little bit about tea beers here and there. And because they had been in my mind, they always sort of piqued my interest. So I'd always mm. like follow articles to see what people were doing. And lots of people were doing stuff with green tea, and I couldn't yeah. quite get it. I thought. It's going to be really hard to make a beer that mm. green tea's flavour comes through, and you know, yeah. um, that you know that just that soft, gentle nature of like a really good green tea mm. be really hard to get to come through. As soon as you put one hot pellet in, the green tea would be it. lost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I haven't really we haven't made a green tea beer yet. We've made about eight or nine tea beers now. Um, Is it his or her Majesty? One of those had tea both of them this both? year. Yeah. His and her. Yep. Yep. So Her Majesty's a sort of Belgian dark ale with uh, Russian caravan tea, mm-hmm. and that's based around uh, a beer called Wendy that we brewed with Lobethal last year, collaboration. Uh, and then is that the go next to the Bruce? Sorry, is yeah, Wendy and yeah. Bruce? So yeah. we did Bruce the first year with Lobethal, which yeah. was named after Al's bulldog, and then we did Wendy, which was named after my dog, which is a, <laughs> a sheep dog. Nice. Uh, and then this year we brewed Lisa, which is named after his second bulldog. <laughs> now run out of dogs, so either one of us is going to have to get another dog. <laughs> or we're going to have to name get it. Get Jade to get one. Then. Yeah, we'll name it after someone else's dog. <laughs> yeah, and His Majesty uh, is a strong gold nail, which uses um, an Earl Grey tea, but a different one from what we use in yeah. uh, Gunna Matter. Yeah. yeah, a more delicate, sort of more orangey. The one we use in Gunna Matter is kind of like sort of orange and apricot. Whereas it's it's much more of a sort of softer, gentle orange note in this uh, Earl Grey Excelsior mm. we use. I cracked a, an eleven, I 
think 11 Her Majesty recently was tasting amazing. Is that the Saison? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was a beer that I was kind of was like really, really happy with. The fermentation wasn't kind of right spot on, but I knew that it would ta- it would like come out over time. Mm. It would just like gently make its way through to the beer that I wanted it to be. Yeah, and I was. But cracking. unfortunately, I drank it all by the time <laughs> by the time I thought it would get to its best, which is what I always do. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really, I was really, really happy with the recipe. Not so happy with the fermentation, but as soon as I tasted it, I knew it was gonna it was gonna head in the right direction. It mm. just kind of needed a bit of time. And a lot of beers are like that, you know. You, especially when you have in your mind what they're going to be before you make them. Sometimes you make them, and everyone thinks they're amazing, and you think they're really shit. <laughs> and then, like a year later, you think they're really awesome, and everyone says, "Oh, it was great when it first came out." Uh, everyone has you different. Can't yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's got different tastes. Yeah. I would love it if I could please myself and everyone else at the same time, but it's never, yeah. never going to happen. Have you ever received any negative feedback from Gutter Matter? Because I think that's a beer that pleased pretty much everyone. No, we receive a bit, yeah. yeah. It's kind of still... I always think of it as... When Rex Attitude first came out, I said 9 out of 10 people will hate it, and 1 out of 10 will love it, and no one will think it's kind of middle of the road. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's not no, a middle-of-the-road beer, yeah. And it's probably more likely that it's more like 2 love it and 8 hate it. Uh, and Gutter Matter's probably the opposite way around. It's more yeah. like, you know, 8... Love it and two hate it. Kind of matter got me drinking Earl Grey tea again because <laughs> I was not like I just couldn't drink Berg. I hated Bergamot and I couldn't do it. Yeah. But then I, when Kind of matter came out, it started getting me back into it. So yeah, now I like I love Earl Greys again. Same like, with me. I didn't yeah. like I didn't like Earl Grey tea because I'd only ever tried like supermarket you know Crap tea bag Earl Grey, Earl Grey yeah. tea, yeah. which is it's like saying I hate beer because I've only ever tried yeah. you know Heineken and, <laughs> and Stella, Stella and, yeah. and Carlton Draft and, and yeah. 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 I was a bit nervous bringing this because it's uh, it's not ready for release yet. Mm. Uh, a great example of you know fresh is not best to me. This beer has been in the bottle for like two weeks basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Slipus Waiter and it's the first of the three spoon benders. It's the last we brewed actually, but it's the the first because it's six percent. The other two are ten percent. Mm. Um, and to me, it's it's really tightly wound. It's got that kind of you can smell the malt and you can smell the hops and you can smell the wine and you can smell the fermentation, mm. the esters, but none of them have come together yet. Yeah, yeah. To get my needs, wine and needs a few nerd weeks. On, I'd say hasn't yeah. opened up yet. Yeah, mm. just needs a few weeks to settle down. Yeah, so still got that kind of yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, it's still, I mean, it's still tasting. It's still tasting great. You can see all those flavors there. But yeah, as you said, they haven't kind of meshed fully. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you guys get it, it'll be probably August or late July, you know, mm-hmm. at best before it gets to Australia, and it'll be just probably just starting to hit its straps then. And the other ones, which will then by then be sort of three to six months old, they'll be, be really kind of yep. Are they all going to be coming at the same time? Or? Yes. Yep. 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 So we've basically brewed all of the beer in advance, and we're just going to release it all at once, oh, and then cool. let it sell out rather than you know continue to brew yep. it. So. Um, they're a collaboration with uh, some young punks, Australian winery from yep. the Clear Valley, South yeah, cool. Australia, uh, and they're a wine company who um, they're all involved in the wine industry, but they they don't actually own their own vineyard or winery. So they're essentially like you know, the contract boys white, of, of wine contract making. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. 
and we met them a few years ago, uh, and they have some pretty strong New Zealand connections as well. We met them through a friend, uh, Dan Rickard, who owns Calibre. Yep, yep, in Queensland, uh, yeah. Craft beer, and yeah, he was, he kind of, you know, put us together via email and said, you know, I really like your wines, and I, you know, you know, I'm selling at that stage. Mm-hmm. He was selling our beers for, Insp- he was working yep. at Inspire at that stage. Uh, he put us together, and uh, we, you know, basically had a couple of emails backwards and forwards, and I felt like he was kind of pushing us into some sort of collaboration. I was like, <laughs> Hang on a minute, Dan. You know, we may get together, and you know, they may think we're cunts, or we may yeah, think we're yeah. cunts, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not going to work out. Let's just kind of meet first and kind of see what happens. And Dan emailed me after I emailed Dan and said, "Oh man, I can't believe you said they might be cunts in the email." <laughs> and like immediately afterwards Colin from Same Young Punk sent me an email and said oh I think I'm going to like you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. I dig that idea yeah let's yeah. get together and you know meet, so by you backing first. off at all this yeah yeah. Even yeah, further, well, it yeah. Just, yeah he just he liked the fact that I thought that you know we may think each other are dicks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't start to collaborate over email we should meet each other first yeah uh, so we did we we met them, we went over to, that was the first time we went to the Wheat Chief in Adelaide, we met them for breakfast, like the day after our tasting, mm-hmm. had breakfast with them, and just chatted about beer and wine, and you know, food and all sorts, and they actually came up with the idea of, they do a lot of cooking with their wine and whatnot, and they said, you know, could you make like a candy sugar or something out of our wine and put that into your beer? Oh you know? wow, yeah. Rather than the standard old idea of... Um, you know, barrel aging, yeah, yeah, just grabbing their barrels. They're so looking whatnot. at different ways to integrate wine yeah. together, yeah. And just, I love that. As soon as I heard it, I just thought, yeah, that's awesome. These guys think like we do. They want to do something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they think like we do, but they're a bit smarter. You know, I think they've all got PhDs and, <laughs> and you know, they're very smart, much cooler than us. But they're, um, <laughs> they were just nice, really. You know, humble, fun kind of winemakers, and yeah, really liked them. And then it took two years, basically, to kind of organise ourselves. So the first year was trying to get the dispensation to import their wine duty-free because making the candy sugar would, um, yeah. you know, get rid of the alcohol. So I didn't want to pay for excise coming in. When you're just going to remove it when anyway. remove it, yeah. So that took a while because customers had never dealt with that kind of stuff in New Zealand before. So um, it was a little bit of work there. Uh, and then... Um, there's also just the slackness of both of us, you know, we're sort of... Doing your own shit and yeah, being we're, busy. And, yeah, we're yeah. busy with our own businesses and but, and they all have kind of day jobs as well. I think there's three of them and one of them works full-time in the business and the other two have other jobs as well. Right. So, um, yeah, they're like us. Everything's really busy. No one's really making much money, but we're all, you know, kind mm. of having lots of fun. And if it comes down to paying myself, you know, or taken a few trips overseas I've been choosing to take the trips overseas <laughs> and you know like enjoy the beer industry and kind of yeah. get to know a bit more about it and learn we're still learning and we always will be so um, and I think they're the same with the wine industry you know they're learning and, and playing around a lot and having a lot of fun as well so we did we did that so I brewed um, pretty similar to the beer that we're tasting now actually I brewed uh, I brewed a couple of trials but this one I brewed with a New Zealand beer writer called John Ogaluska. He's actually like a court reporter as his day job, but right. he does a bit of beer writing on the side. Um, and he's worked at a few, few beer bars and, you know, really involved in the beer industry. Uh, so we brewed that as a media brew for Beer Varna a couple of years ago. Yeah, cool. His first home brew on his home brew system was, you know, me coming around 
brewing at his home brewery with a guy that built the home brewery system who, <laughs> who does that professionally. And we all got together and we hung around and chatted about beer all day and brewed and taught him a few tips about how to use the brewery and how to make beer. Uh, and then he went home with his brewery and I took the fermenter home and fermented it and put it in a keg and whatnot and took it into the media brewer collaboration mm-hmm. competition which we came I think we came third second or third and it was won by James Smith the crafty pint yep yep yep, yep, yep. yep he was won it with the, the bulging the bulging the old bulging boisterous bicep yep that's the one yeah <laughs> yeah he, he just like yeah. 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 I still maintain that it was yeah it was a dodgy they they just let him win because he was Australian he had travelled all that oh, way for oh, it trying yeah. to crack oh, it to the market yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our beer was better <laughs> I, I really love the nose of this fruit. It's all like a Turkish delight. Like you get a little, little um, bit of rose water. Yeah, like. I've already finished it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I think you're right though that you, there are the components there that you're trying to get in there, like the pale ale and the the kind of the the botrytis viognier from the yeah. It just needs candy a, sugar, a month, but but it's they're kind months. of separate at the moment. Yeah. Hmm. I, I get the I get the kind of Betrayed a sweetness in the back, but not necessarily the whole the whole way. All the way through, yeah. yeah. So the next beer you'll get it all the way through. Is that the? Uh, um, and this beer needs a bit of time as well. The sun before uh, the darkness, yeah. which yeah. was uh, my favourite non-Gabs beer at Gabs. All right, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you know, um, I knew that when we did the we did the black and tan as well with this and the the other one. Was I? You? No. I, I? I can't remember you if might I was. Been. No, that was that was that was. <laughs> don't the tell him about Lee, it. The, yeah. Don't the tell him about it. <laughs> I can't remember if I was. Yeah, I didn't even get a chance to visit yeah. any of the stands at Gabs. I was <laughs> too like, busy with the festival beers. Yeah. Yeah. I found most most of the stuff I really loved about Gabs was at the stands. And yeah, yeah I think you know the festival yeah. beers are great. It's funny. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't try any of the festival beers. I just wandered around <laughs> some of the stands. Well, and like yeah, the stands is that I knew most of the people behind them, so I could just give them a pass and not give any tokens. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I might have gotten this yeah. as a freebie from Stu. Um. Yeah, uh, I know. I, 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 we were at a Wellington craft beer like capital stand, so they put the stand together and whatnot. And at the end of every session, they'd go, "You guys look like you were the busiest, but all the other guys have got way more tokens than you." Yeah, weird, <laughs> eh? Like, yeah. Funny that. Oh, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, um, but you know, to us, Gabs was really. It's a chance to for us to chat to people who yeah. like our beer and who yeah. interested in know about us and what. It's not at all a money making exercise, especially when someone else is paying for the stand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just we gave a lot of samples away and we want people to try these beers and yeah, yeah. I'd, so ra- the- I'd rather try and let people taste it and think that they want to come back and buy it than you know have to buy it now and, and not maybe know, not feeling not like they, they wasted like their or token or yeah. 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 Yeah, no, there was some. So, so that was the um, that was the, the Wellington Craft Beer Capital stand mm. at Gabs, and 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 that's why you're in Sydney right now, right? Yes, yeah. So essentially, that was funded by Positively Tourism Wellington. Okay. Who are, uh, basically they promote Wellington around the world, to yeah, you know, any in any way they can to come and visit Wellington and see what's yeah. going on there. So that was come down and visit our breweries. You know, you can do brewery tours. We've got awesome craft beer, you know, pubs and re- restaurants because we've got an amazing amount of restaurants that support craft beer. You can go into, I mean, Adrian, you came into uh, Ortega a couple of years ago with us. 
one of the best beer selections. Yeah, probably better than that was the, mo- the average, you know, craft beer pub in Sydney. Yeah. In fact, better than the best craft beer pubs in Sydney. Wouldn't be too hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> 40, 40 or fifty yeah, wow. really awesome beers yeah. in there, and it's not. This is not, you know. And it, it wasn't just the beers as well. Like they had amazing wines, had yeah. amazing spirits as well. Awesome. So. Yeah, they do awesome cocktails and everything. It's yeah. really the. The bar is so good that it should just be a bar, but yeah. it's actually an amazing it's restaurant. Part of a well. restaurant, yeah. yeah, 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 and it probably scares people off coming in just to have a drink because yeah. the bar, the restaurant is so good. Uh, but we're just full of places like that, you know. It's mm. it's a really, I feel really, really lucky to live there, and to, if I ever want to go out, it's a really hard decision about where I'm going to go out mm. because you know it's it's a big occasion for yeah. me to go out. I go out a lot for work. So I'm going to events and stuff like that. But if I want to go out with my wife, it's really, really difficult to choose. And often I want to choose to go somewhere where people won't know me or something. So <laughs> that, that, it doesn't have to be, you know, a date with people coming out. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be a beer event every time you go out. <laughs> Say hello. But, you know, generally what happens is we go out and I think everyone's going to know me and then they all know her instead. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So... Oh, so this is the sun before the darkness. So yes. yeah, the last one was the Sly Persuader. This is the sun before the darkness. Um, the next one is the Last Dictator. They're all named after songs from uh, an album called Paradise Discotheque by Crime and the City Solution, who are a Australian band. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, probably I think I don't know why I chose to name this one after an Australian band because there's probably more of a New Zealand connection to this beer than Australian mm. even though we've used the Australian uh, wine but um, I just I listened to a lot of Australian music I guess when I was on that search for Gunna Matter I came yeah. across a lot of Australian music that I wasn't that aware of and uh, kind of have fell in love with it a lot so Crime and the City Solution were around from kind of I know late 70s I think to about 1990 and they include um, uh, a few band members who have been in some other famous bands like um, The Bad Seeds and uh, The Birthday Party yeah. and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, uh, but really, really, really cool, unique sound. Really Australian sound to me, which some people probably wouldn't get as being that Australian because it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like kind of Sunday afternoon pub rock. <laughs> a bit darker than that. Uh, but so all of the albums originally in my head when I was designing all the recipes they all had names from a Roland S. Howard album called um, Teenage Snuff Film <laughs> but they um, they kind of just developed into something else sort of over time this one here again to me you know as a 10% beer it's a little bit young I think this is quite well it's not brilliant it's got um, this has got all the the Viognier, the, you know, the botrytized Viognier, mm-hmm. you know, that sweetness, dessert, oh, yeah. sticky wine mm-hmm. kind of character yeah. going on. That's what I'm It's definitely going to be in, like an after-dinner cheese beer, I think. Mm. Yeah, some yeah. Like, some funky blue cheese. Yeah. And, yeah. Were the, um, the some young punks a bit hesitant of uh, using Botrytis or any of those elements because, you know, it's quite negative in the, in the wine industry to have any of that those uh, infections, as they would call them. Uh, they didn't seem it. They just seemed, like, totally loose and cool to yeah. me. Yeah. So loose, like us, you know, that they just sort of would take weeks to answer my emails. And then <laughs> I would take weeks to answer theirs. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 Um, they probably consider themselves, like us, you know, like, much better winemakers than they are 
um, business people <laughs> in many ways. Although, you know, to, from the outside, to me, looking at them, they look like they're really awesome business people. And then I look at their website and think, oh, shit, actually, this website looks amazing, but you can tell that it hasn't been updated for four years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is uh, there's a fair bit of that element to it. Yeah. 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 They're, um, they just, they love wine, I guess, and... You know, they like a bit of beer, and I'm the same. I love beer, and I lo- like a bit of wine as well. So they didn't seem interested at all. They didn't kind of have any hesitation about having their label on the, you know, their, yeah. their logo on the label or anything like that. They just sent me the logo and said, go for it. They still, as far as I know, they may not have even tried the beers. <laughs> yeah, I haven't sent that them any yet, because we only sent a very small amount of bottles over just for the Gabs Festival. Yeah. Uh, and when the next big load of bottles comes over, we'll send them a few cases so they can have a decent taste of it. Sweet. Or if they want some yeah. kegs. Yeah. They, they may want some kegs, I'm not sure. But <laughs> kegs, I know, after making wine, you probably don't want kegs of 10% beer. You probably just want maybe yeah, the I odd mean, bottle to have when you get home. They're probably more interested in some you know, 4.5% yeah. session ales. Something smashable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Digital will work, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We get that all the time, you know, winemakers always approach us saying, can we get some beer for our, you know, vintage? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, There is a good correlation, like, you know, winemakers will finish work and drink a beer, and brewers would finish work and sit down with a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, or a gin and tonic or something. (laughs) Well, it's that, you know, it's, you spend your whole day surrounded by beer or wine, Mm. and so you just maybe want the other one at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like you've really you know, well made cocktail. The, as I said earlier, I think the grass is greener often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I look at the bottle stores and pubs you guys have over here and think these are they're amazing, and everyone looks at Wellington and thinks it's such a uh, great beer city. I mean, we all look at you know the the scene that you guys have going over there and like, oh, why can't we have that? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's where we should be trying to head towards rather yeah. than necessarily like more the US thing, which it feels like we're heading more towards where the US is heading. Where I yeah. think New Zealand would be a bit better for what we are. Yeah, I think the key for Wellington, you know, where I'm from, is there's such a great culture in the city in regards to food and beer and coffee and wine and whatnot. It's because the weather is not that good, you know. <laughs> so all of the assholes moved to Auckland for a start, <laughs> and then and the good people are left behind. Uh, you know, we've got to entertain ourselves in some other way than being outside all the time. Yeah. And there's nothing better on a day like this, you know. Well, as you're saying, it's pissing down with rain at the moment. down outside. There's nothing yeah. quite better than being in a nice pub with your friends and and having a beer or two. Uh, and then thinking, oh, you know, I'd like to go somewhere else for a beer. And having to try and run, you know, timing it with across the, the road, you know, <laughs> and find cover and stuff. It's, it's yeah. exciting, you know, yeah. if you've had a few beers to... <laughs> We don't, have, we don't actually don't have that much rain in Wellington, but we have a lot of wind, and you know, see, we've just got to try and run across the road between wind gusts. <laughs> <laughs> so you get blown away somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> We're just pouring the the last of this spoon bender series. Um, while we wait for these, can you can you tell us a little bit about the the labels, which are really cool? Yeah, what an ask that as well of um of people. It looks very like post punk. Mm. Yeah, so the labels are um, they're all uh, based on paintings that my wife did a few years ago. Uh, the people in the paintings are 
actually all people who were in my sister's, my my youngest sister, who's older than me, she's four years older than me, but she's the younger of the two sisters I've got, they were all in her class uh, back in the, I guess, the early 80s, mm. kind of, yeah, very early 80s. Uh, one of them I can tell was at her first year of secondary school because I can see the tie and I noticed that she was um, at a school that wore a tie for that first year <laughs> and then went to a different school after that because she didn't want to wear a tie. Um, so it kind of like, there's a little bit of glee um, in my mind that someone's going to walk down a supermarket aisle one day and look at a and see a portrait of, a, of themselves on a beer a bottle. Beer bottle and think, what the fuck? <laughs> Is that me on that bottle? That's awesome. Yeah. So it's three people who we don't know. Um, <laughs> but they do exist in real life. Uh, and they, um, yeah, they all went to, I'm not, I'm not even sure what schools they were. It was probably, uh, I think the last dictator went to St. Peter and Paul's and the Sly Persuader went to St. Mary's College and the guy in the sun before the darkness went to, uh, I think, Hutt Valley High, which is... The sister, uh, the school that my sister went to after she didn't want to wear a tie. So, um, no offense so, to this guy, but he looks like a composite sketch from a police report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a slide? Yeah. Oh, the darkness. Yeah. It kind of looks like a like a like he, he looks like he plays for Weezer or something. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that the um the the girl in the Last Dictator, she um she's not the best looking. A woman, no. but she definitely looks like she has an interesting character about yeah. her. Yeah, she looks and pretty confident, I have to say. At, at, at the Gabs Festival, we only had the Sun Before the Darkness and the Last Dictator, and uh, I spent a good deal of time going through our beers with uh, Frank, the head brewer from Vine Stefano. Frank the Tank, yeah, the yeah, legend. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, it was the first Such time I'd met him, guy. and yeah. really, really lovely, really good sense of humour. We had a really good chat, and he. He loved our beers. Like he loved Gunnamatta. He really liked Pot Kettle Black. He liked The Sun Before the Darkness, and then he just adored The Last Dictator. And it, we talked about it for quite a while. And I talked about the process and whatnot. And I laughed and said, "You know, I can tell you the whole recipe because you can't make it, sucker, because you can't put unusual ingredients." In <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed at that. Fuck you and your pretty love. <laughs> and we had a kind of nice little, you know. Like Reinhard Skobot versus non Reinhard yeah. Skobot moment, where um, he <laughs> thought to himself, "I wish I wasn't German." <laughs> uh, and then he said to me, "Oh, you know, I love your labels. Can I take a photo of this um, this one?" And he picked up the Last Dictator and he took a photo of it. And then he said, "I had to take a photo of it because it looks like my ex-wife." Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, "And the name is very appropriate." <laughs> And then he just gave me like a little cheers and he walked yeah. away, you know, and it was just he brilliant. He has the most awesome sense <laughs> yeah. of humour. He is, he's so, he's so much fun. Because yeah. we, um, we used to work together, Liam and I, uh, at, at the Pump House. And um, uh, a few years ago, he came down and did an event at the Pump House. And I think it was the night after, no, the night before the event, he was staying at the Hotel Attached. And we just let him stay at, at, in the Pump House all night you know, trying all the beers from the fridge and everything. Yeah, because I hadn't met him, because I, I think I had a couple of days off, he was beforehand, so I came in, ran, we did the event, and I was like, I really just wanted to fucking go home, it was like midnight, and he had a really long talk about his beers, and we had all the industry people, and everyone was pissed, so we get everyone out the doors, we shut the door, I'm like, right, let's get the fuck out of here, and he's like, uh, Liam, you know, I would like to drink some beers now, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, alright, yeah, alright. 
And he literally, he'd been there since like midday, and he was sinking wine stefans like there was no tomorrow. Apparently, he has something like a, like a, a six-liter allowance per day on shift. So he starts his shift by drinking three liters of Vine Stefan. Oh, yeah. And then, like, yeah. So like, I was watching him all day, and he was just sinking them down like there's no tomorrow. Perfectly sober. And so afterwards, we sat down, and we're all right. And he's like, you know, I've been drinking Vine Stefan all day. I'd like to try some Australian beers. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we started cracking open some stuff going on. I think we went moon dogs. Yeah. Sorry, uh... just showing him a few different things. And it was getting a little bit merry as the, as the night went on. For combat two, three in the morning, we're still sitting there having a couple of drinks. And. Dead serious all day, like completely professional. Then he just looked at me and goes, You know, Liam, back at the brewery, I have another name. I'm like, Oh, what's that, Frank? He's like, They call me Frank. Frank the Tank. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yes! <laughs> Frank the Tank! He's such a cool guy. Tell you what, if I had a six liter, um, <laughs> if, I had a, if I had a six liter allowance every day, I, I'm, I might not be here today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be making lower alcohol beers. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you That's guys think of beer. this beer? Oh, awesome! Mm. The um, the the last dictator. Yeah, it's right, and you do get that, you know, that same botrytis. Yeah, mm. so this one's the oldest one of them all. Definitely, I was going to say it's probably the most, and it's come together coherent yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, um, to me, it's still got a wee while to go. It's got a couple months mm. before it's going to start to just so- soften up to that right point, but it's. Um, I see massive potential in this already to the point where I've thought like I even like I like the name I like the beer this is a kind of style of beer that I've always thought would kind of work well in mm. our range like a a strong kind of imperial porter mm. my kind of beer and also to have a little bit of a twist on it is kind of you know our thing as well yeah. so and in this um, one the, 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 I wouldn't those, be surprised if we see more of it more subtle they're, they're there but it, because it's come together a lot more it's Hmm. It's more integrated. It's more, yeah, more integrated with everything. Yeah, it's a bit more wine-like as well. Like it smells actually. It could be quite tannic. Yeah, when it's on the nose, but you do get that, um, yeah, that wine character at the back of it as well. But yeah, it just seems really together. Yeah. So, would you do any of these again, or this one again, or? Well, we've brewed a second batch of the two big ones, the ten percent ones, and we won't brew any more of them. Uh, And then the Sly Persuader, we're going to brew that six percent. We're probably going to brew like four batches of that. And yeah. We've just just brewed the first one, about to brew the second one, uh, and we'll brew a couple more just because we'll probably sell a few more kegs of that one because it's six percent. Because of low ABV. Yeah. 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 Uh, but in general, we'll you know we're we're going to sort of push them out as three beers. You know, they'd, yeah, as a set. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They won't always be bought together because you know sometimes they're going to go into some pubs and stuff, so people will just try one one at a yeah. time or whatnot. But Mostly, um, we're trying to sell them as a set. Awesome. As yeah, a yeah. sort of interesting look at different ways of doing it. The two big ones both use exactly the same amount of the wine candy sugar in them, and then the, the lower alcohol one uses half the amount. Yeah. So it's essentially a double sized batch with the same amount of wine in it. Yeah. Mm. So half, half the amount relative. Um, so, how do you find? So, you uh, obviously you export here to Australia, and you also export to the, to the States, is that right? To the United States? Yep, um, and to New Caledonia, uh, Malaysia, wow. Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, a little bit's gone to Italy in the past, uh, well actually it was quite a lot at the time uh, when we sent it. Who was uh, that through? I think that's about it. So Impex Beer is the name of the Alex. importer. Alex, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liberati, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, 
yeah, he's he bought in a, a container of our beer at a time when a container took us like two months to you know, so brew enough beer to fill. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite big. And that was on the back of actually he came down to New Zealand for a holiday and he tried one of our beers in Auckland and he really liked it and someone gave him my number and he rang me up and said, mm. you know, I'd like to come to Wellington and meet you. I said, oh, sorry, I've got like a family dinner tomorrow, can't meet you or whatever. And he, he rang me the next day from Wellington and said, oh, I'm staying for like two more days, can you meet tomorrow or the next day? So yeah, I went and met him and we drank a few beers and we really got on well. And then I pulled out of my bag, like my homebrew Rex Attitude before we'd actually made it commission. <laughs> and he's got a whiskey bar. I didn't know it this time, but he's, his bar is like a beer and whiskey bar. So it's like a malt bar in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, and, bar four twenty. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he, um, yeah, he doesn't sell wine. He just sells beer and whiskey and water. Yeah, great. <laughs> There's no soft drinks or anything. Yeah, because yeah. I remember we were there and we were asking the bartenders like, "Oh, um, what happens? Like, do you allow kids in here?" It's like, "Yeah, kids are fine." It's like, if what? they drink beer or whiskey, yeah. Right? He's like, well, "What <laughs> water. can they drink?" He's like, "Water, water." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he and he absolutely loved it. Like you know, he just like mm. virtually you know. Made love to me at yeah. the moment that he tried it. Rick's he attitude. reminds me of like. And um, he just said, "I want a container of your beer straight yeah. away." Yeah. So reminds me of Buzz from the Melvins. It's, it's all right, yeah. nut job of a like wacky yeah. hair because I remember Big he came effort, in the yeah. came into the pump house when we were working there as well because he was looking for Aussie beers to must have been around the same time. But yeah, yeah. The first night I actually kicked him out because he was like talking so much shit. I thought he was just bullshitting, so I told him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> he came back the next night and apologized with a whole little gift basket of beers. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. You're all right. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. He seemed like my kind of guy, like a guy who is really good to have in my own hometown where I have to go home to my family, but not a guy that I want to go out in town with, you know, yeah, yeah. when I'm on tour. Yeah, yeah. I, I may not make it home. But uh, yeah, when I was in Rome, I went, we went and checked into his bar and he fully remembered me. He was like, you're sitting down having a beer. He's like, I know you. I yeah. Like, How do you, I mean, I'm from Australia. He's like, you used to work at the pump house. Yeah. like, yeah, I do. He's like, ah, oh, and just like. They were having a blind IPA tasting with these mates, so like they were just pouring out like twenty different IPAs. Yeah. So basically, they poured them around the table, and we just got the leftovers. So we sat there with this line of. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's he he's seemed like a really lovely guy, and Sam, my business partner, the other yeasty boy, he he was in Rome, like about a year later, and went and caught up with him, mm. and he said that he just could not get out of there. You know, like he had a flight at six a.m. to Croatia yeah. from Rome, yeah. and at four a.m. You know, at at midnight he said, "I'd better go." I think at about eleven he arrived or something, uh, and at you know midnight or one a.m. he said, oh, "I'd better go." And then at like four a.m. he had one foot in the door of the taxi, <laughs> and Alex was like bringing another beer out the door. And saying, You've got to try this. Yeah, it's actually like in a really dodgy yeah. part of Rome as yeah. well. Yeah, and like we went the day that I went there was like I think it was the last night we were in Rome before we had to fly out the next day, and. Um, during the weekends, like the street that it's on, it had like these markets, and the market shuts down, and the bar opens at night. But then all these weird gypsy people pick through the leftovers of the markets. Uh-huh. So you rock out, and it's in like this weird, like archway tunnel thing, and you walk in there. But like at the front, there's this crazy gypsy woman, like with one shoe trying to find the matching, the matching other foot, and it's like yeah. really weird. And yeah, we tried to get a cab home afterwards, and like, oh no, cabs don't come down here. Like, <laughs> you got to walk around the corner. Like, yeah, really weird. Uh, all the cool, awesome venue, all the though. cool beer experiences these days are in railway arches, I think, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. All right, that wasn't strong enough. What's next? Um, so, 
So the Norway, Norwegian brewed uh, whiskey barrel Indeed. aged Aurora Borealis. Indeed. So it's the the, the, the whiskey barrel aged quad. Um, they they also did they did a. So the, this is the one brewed in Norway. In Grimstad, yeah. yeah. This is the one. Brewed did you in get Norway. to try the one brewed in Australia? Yeah, it yes. did. Um, and Phoenix I actually like that. Better. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the the yeah the Aurora Australis did come Australis, down, and I, yeah. I I really liked it. Um, I think I yeah I might have even liked it a bit more. The Aurora Australis. I like the the Bridge Road brewed version yeah. slightly better. Yeah. yeah, but this is the. I mean, I've had a lot of this beer, um, which is a, probably a problem. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, American bourbon barrels, is it? No, I think it's Scotch. Yeah, Scotch whiskey. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure it's Scotch. I don't know what Scotch though. Yeah, I like what these guys have done. You know, they've got like a ongoing collaboration thing because they did the India Saison together yeah. as well, didn't they? Yeah. Indeed, Saison. indeed. Love that beer. Um, yeah. And then they did yeah. the. Um, I haven't uh, tried the Bridge Road one, but the the, yeah, the, the yeah, Brood. I was, think that was probably be one the of my out of the two. Honestly, I really liked the Bridge Road one. I thought yeah. for me, yeah. I, I loved it. It was yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Norwegian one was what would have yeah. been one of my favourite beers like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For yeah, the, the, yeah, the India Saison, one of my, one of my, definitely one of my favourite beers. Ah, oh, love it of of the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah beautiful. I'll tell you what, this is holding up pretty well now. Yeah, this is. I mean, I don't think this beer you could leave for. I don't, you know, you could leave it's, for. It's fourteen. You could, you'd probably leave it for ten years and it'll still be good. Yeah, yeah. we've got on the side of those uh, spoonbinder beers. We've got the best before of um, two thousand and nineteen on them. Yeah. And that's really just that's a joke. Generous. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've beers the strong can last for for a lot longer than that, and especially you know these types of beers. So the the two the two spoon benders that are ten percent for us there, and the this Aurora Borealis. There's no trouble at all keeping these for ten years, mm. as long as they're being well packaged. And yeah, there's um, by the looks of it, there's a bit of yeast in there, and there's a oh. bit of yeast in our ones as well, so they can. They're going to scavenge all the oxygen in there. You're not going to have too much problem with mm. oxygen. And there's enough malt in there as well to yeah, just to let it. them you know turn into the nice kind of yeah. oxidation. Are you at the point now, or would you like to be at the point where you can start holding on to a lot more things? Uh, yeah, I'll never be good at that. It's not my thing, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I think we probably need to start another company or something that someone else manages that yeah. holds on to our beer or something you have access to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I have to buy it back off them. No, <laughs> yeah it's not good for me I just if anyone ever comes around to my house you know I pull out b- bottles from All the, the cellar stuff, and, yeah, yeah um, I'm not going to fuck around with there's no there's no one who's not good enough for me to pull a bottle out of the no. cellar you know yeah. if, if you come to my house you know you're worthy of a beer yeah and if uh, if you want a beer, I'm going to pull out something really good. It's going to be a good one, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they don't last long. Uh, and I think they don't need to either. You know, the last thing I would want to do is be lying on the road somewhere hit by a car thinking that I'm dying. Yeah, and, and crack fuck that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't believe I didn't drink one. cellar is full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of my philosophy as well recently. Like, I used to save a lot and then... I'm thinking, well, what if I die next year? And then every time I think that, I crack open a beer, and yeah. now my cellar is like, you know, I have five beers that that they've been aging. That's it. That's pretty much what I have. Yeah, I think if someone if someone sees value in it, they'll cellar it, and I can buy it off them later. That's that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can charge it back to the company. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, so um, speaking of uh, cellaring, or well, I, I guess the opposite of it, um, it says in your, I think, Twitter profile or website that you're established in 2015. In the future. Yeah. In yeah. the future. Yeah, I'm nervous about our launch party. It's going to have to be huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, uh, I did that when I first set up our Twitter account. I put that in just because I was, you know, like, I'm just kind of makes my heart sink when I see someone put established 2009 or something, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, someone was talking about craft beer and is it easy to make money off or, you know, is there big money in it for someone? Is there a, like a big market someone's going to crack in the next couple of years or something? And, uh, I heard a wine guy say that, you know, they'd been to this wine tasting from some French winery that had been around for 300 years or something, and he said, yeah, so easy to make money in wine. It's only the first 150 years that are really tough. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's the same with beer, you know, like, if you want to really establish, like, a really good brand, you don't want to put established in some point of time until you're, like, 100 years old. Yeah. And when you're 100 years old, you've paid your dues. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's you that's know not just beer on. either. When you like walk past a shop, it's like established twenty thirteen. It's like, no, what, what's yeah? Why bother? Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean anything to yeah. you like twenty thirty years down the track. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite so established. Two thousand fifteen sounds way better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like so we travel back in time. So we know what's going on. That's why we've created all these beers yeah. in the future. Because <laughs> in the future, we went ahead and we saw that tea was yeah, a really big thing. Yeah, making beer with botrytized Viognier, huge yeah, thing. Everyone's you are, doing you are, it. Everyone's, everyone's going to do it in 2015, yeah. Future sailors, yeah. It's a big beer, this yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, all it's the way boozy. back in our very first episode, which was over a year ago, we did a segment, um, and it was actually partly inspired by you segment in our very oh, first exciting. very first episode it was uh adrian hosted a bit of a of a beer fashion um segment uh talking about matching your pants with your beer and uh um all that so i thought we might even bring that segment back uh over a year later because we have you know we've got you in, in the house and the, the pants you're wearing, master you're wearing yeah. bright bright blue blue pants teal awesome. teal is it teal i did say i did say i said that i said I said my my bright blue pants to Fritha the other day, and she said, "They're Which not ones? blue; they're teal." <laughs> <laughs> she has got a good colour for eye, uh, eye for colour. Because uh, Adrian's got his, uh, his 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 red ones I've on. I've got my red, and I'm feeling re- very um kind of inadequate at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Pants envy. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Le- quite Le- I'm a bit more of a blank canvas. Actually, I had some black. black jeans on yesterday for a joke. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> I put on some old black jeans that I had for ages, and then as I put them on, I noticed there was like a big hole in the crotch, which is probably why so I'm actually got one right now, actually. Yeah. And, I, and then I wore them all day, and I did some maneuver at the skate park with my kids when they were mucking around on their scooters or something, where I jumped up onto something, and I heard a, like a big rip. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I looked down, and I noticed like there was a massive flap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's happened to me. The things were hanging out all, the, all over the place. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was actually it was the it was the first day of Sydney Craft Beer Week last year. <laughs> a study in balls, <laughs> and it was a it was a big marathon day. I did like four or five events, and one of the big events was we met here, got on a bus, and the bus took us to Collaroy Beach Club. So just 
northern bit, beaches. Yeah, northern yeah. beaches. Um, and they had a, a, a big feral tap takeover. Some awesome stuff on tap. And I think it was on the bus on the way up there. Yeah, I just got a. I just I ripped my pants. Just like <laughs> just big, on the bus. as you do on the bus. On yeah. the bus, like I. And it. I just there was no chance for me to change until I got home at about one o'clock the next morning. So I was just walking around, mm. letting it all. Hang out. Hang out. Yeah, yeah. Out. yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. what I was doing as well. It was, so, yeah. you know, because Tom's a, a, study in, a study in beer on Twitter, so the next day there was a study in balls. Yeah. Well, see, I go a bit different. I don't do the whole beer and uh, pants matching. I do the beer and sneakers matching. So, like, go on, like, the, the oh, taxi yeah. cab yellow Air Force Ones today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, mm. that's how I roll. Yep. I've got to, I do a bit of that as well. Yeah. Mm. Do you match your pants to your, to your sneakers? Or? Uh, no, but I generally have a... Um, it's one of my few kind of little OCD things is that people sometimes say to me, oh, you know, your, your shoes don't match your shirt or something because they, they're expecting my shoes to match my shirt with my pants in between. Or, mm. you know, there's, but then you just one colour. There's always a bit of a thing going on. Yeah. Uh, and, it hey. can be, <laughs> and it can be like and like or it can be, you know, there can be contrast going on, there can be con- colour blocking and stuff like that, you know. And it is slightly OCD to the point where occasionally I have to show people my underwear or my socks <laughs> so, that they, under- the so point. that they understand the theme that's going on. Yeah, but there is definitely there's always something going on. There's more than meets the eye. Nice. <laughs> yeah. My wife knows more about my OCD behaviour than most people would. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she knows how stressed I can get if I'm, uh, you know, fidgeting in bed at night. And she goes, "You're worried that those pants are not going to be dry tomorrow." Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, um, be- be- good. We, I like that. We, I'm not yeah. really. I'm not a big fan of beers over sort of ten percent yeah. generally, but that's pretty nice. Yeah. I just say it, it. It it does seem to be just getting better every time yeah. I taste mm. it. I'm not sure well. how this it's boozy, next but one, gently boozy. I'm not sure how this next one is going to be. Tasting. It's about a couple of years old now. Yeah. Um, should, this actually, I reckon this would be where it's it's probably almost. Yeah, there. it might be actually really good right now. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Like you said, fresh is not best necessarily. Well, I think with a with a beer like this, fresh is definitely. Yeah. Not have best. you had? Uh, have you had many of the uh, abstracts from Brewdog before? No, I don't. Think, I don't know if I've tried any of them actually. Yeah. So this is the O nine, the AB O nine. So this is the Kranaken Imperial Stout, which is 17.1%. And probably my favourite of the abstracts that I've had, but I haven't had it this old yet. So Okay, because uh, one of my favourites is the is the 8, the, the white stout. Yeah, that I'm was really good as well. That, yeah, yeah I, that was one of my favourites as well. Did you guys try the Garage Project uh, Umami Monster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good. Because I haven't tried it yet. I, I, a couple of times I started to walk towards the stand yeah. at Gab's yeah. to try the beer, and every time I got blocked by... Um, <laughs> you were like five by, metres away. Yeah, <laughs> but there was one stand in between us, and it's, it was my my probably my second favourite beer of that whole room that I tried was um, Moa's Sour Blanc. Yeah. So Dave Nichols from Moa's, just like, he's the beer geek, beer geek. You're like, yeah. He's a great beer geek brewer, and he's got the ultimate story you know he brewed for db in new zealand then red stripe wow. in jamaica <laughs> where he ran the brewery and then you know ended up in the head office of heineken 
So he went through the whole Heineken chain to the very top and then thought, uh, I'm going to retire to New Zealand and start a winery. And he came back to New Zealand to start a winery. And he went down the road because he noticed there was a brewery down the road and it was mower and their beers weren't very good. And he said, do you need some help? And they went, <laughs> oh yeah, we need some help. And he just started making fucking beautiful yeah. beer there. And he's made he's made some of the most amazing beers you know that I've tried in the last few years. How long has he been there with Moa for? He's been there for uh, like probably I don't know three or four years, okay. I guess. Yeah. Um, and what's the he's, the feeling with Moa in New Zealand at the moment? Because mostly we think they're dicks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Total, the same as here. Yeah. T- yeah. Total dicks. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really unfortunate because they. They've got the money, you know, they built the money behind them and they have such a great opportunity. Mm. They they had a really nice brand. The brand that was built by Josh Scott, who's son of Alan Scott, yeah. winemaker. Pedigree uh, of winemaking, yeah. I believe, yeah. They had, they had a really, really awesome beer in the Method, or the yeah, original, I, I think they called it, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, which was, you know, one of the first bottle-conditioned... You know, lagers I've ever tried, and maybe still one of the only ones. Yeah. Uh, and a really, really beautiful beer developed by Graham Mayhe, who was the sort of founding brewer for uh, Murray's as well. Right. Uh, and a really awesome brand for New Zealand, I think. And yeah. Moa, you know, they could have done a massive, massive thing with that. Instead, they just tried Flanded to. And, they tried to be, you know, racist. Sexist, homophobic, you know, like big breweries, and unfortunately, I know they. I think their share price was a dollar forty something at one stage. It's now fifty four cents. Wow, or something. yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 Someone's it, lost a lot of money off that, and it's not the guys who bought into the brand. Mm. Uh, it's people who've invested a lot of money thinking that it was going to be cool. Yeah, and it still may do something one day. I don't know. Um, probably not. They, I think they they don't they should stop trying to be a, a big brewery. Yeah, well they did. There was to me. Uh, I mentioned a uh, Luke Nicholas from Epic recently wrote a little blog article about um, you know where have they gone wrong or is it bad for beer and blah blah blah. Uh, and I just made a really quick comment, a throwaway comment on Facebook, you know, like in response to his blog. And it's my gut feel. You know, for the last couple of years, where they've been going, and it still will be, I think, if I'm sure, in a couple of years, is that they've made three massive mistakes. They underestimated how smart the beer drinking public is. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. it's it's not like cocktails. You know, the guys that made their money who have invested in Moa made their money off Forty Two Below, and yeah. Forty Two Below was a shit drink, really. You know, I I tried it, hmm. and it wasn't a good. Vodka, vodka's not good in the first place. It's not a good vodka, but yeah. they had a really good brand, yeah. and they could convince. The and the brand, is well, they with could vodka, convince... that's what it's all about. You don't it doesn't matter about the products. It's all about yeah. the story and the brand behind yeah. it. That's they, what they, they could convince people late at night, mm. you know, to drink their their yeah. Because they uh, didn't forty two below convince the world cocktail championship or something to use their vodka, and that was like a massive. Yeah, yeah. So they they just had really smart people in the right place. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and they haven't done that at all. They haven't invested in that kind of place with beer at all. They thought beer was an easy market, and beer drinkers are really, really smart people. Um, they're also really, really liberal, open-minded people, and they don't like, you know, racism and homophobia sexism and sexism and, yeah. and dicky behaviour, which Moa have promoted in all their ads. That's yeah. really bad. I mean, that um, IPO document was just yeah. terrible. It was that's that was them being actually quite yeah. conservative compared to the stuff that yeah, they'd done yeah. before that. Yeah, right. and then. 
um, most of all, I've got an amazing brewer who is so passionate about wanting people to get excited about flavour and beers, and that is why I couldn't get to the garage project at, yeah. <laughs> at, at, at Gabs because every time I left our stand to walk over towards it to try one of their beers, Dave came out and said, "Try this, try that." Mm. Yeah, and he blew me away with this yeah. be- these beautiful drinks that so he's I making. I had one a, a, a barrel aged quad, I think they had. Um, yeah, they which have... was just delicious. I, was, I know was because in Australia the mower we get is their their core range, and it's all fairly average. Well, I think they've. I mean, their Blanc is yeah. to me probably the best wheat beer in yeah. Australasia and probably yeah. the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know. I don't that's know it. much yeah, beyond that's pretty amazing. our place. It's yeah, really Blanc. nice. Yeah, Blanc is a beautiful, yeah. beautiful beer. Um, and I don't think that much about kind of the pale ale and the noir. Yeah. You know, they they don't excite me that much. Um, but the method as well, like the mm-hmm. 750 yeah. mil yeah. lager. That, that's a fucking great. Beer. That's a really, yeah. really beautiful beer. Just you know, it's just got. Lots of layers to it and nuance. Yeah. It goes really well with food. Like, who would buy a bottle of champagne when you could buy a 750 mil bottle of that for like nine dollars? Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculously yeah, well yeah. priced. Yeah. To the point where I can't imagine anyone's making money off it. But um, <laughs> yeah, just it's a beautiful beer, really well made by a really thoughtful brewer who should be celebrated. And that was their third mistake. You know, their greatest asset is the guy who makes their beer who he knows about massive scale production brewing and about big business mm. but he loves making delicious beer that you know he wants to get people excited about and yeah. they don't appreciate and they're they about never, Shane Warne then yeah they've yeah. never yeah they promote Shane Warne which is I instead of really yeah, that, I didn't get that at all that, and that's that's what you were saying about beer consumers being smart and a bit more kind of liberal open minded Shane Warne wouldn't be the the, the type of guy that if I, you know, that would, I'd use as a, as a figurehead for, for kind of the, the craft beer. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, he loves, I love Shane Warne, but it's just, he's not a craft beer Well, that and their, their sales rep in New South Wales was Daryl Tuffy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another story. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But yeah, this feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys think of the um, ABO nine? That was very abstract. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the abstract. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really, really Freaking enjoying hell. this. Yeah, this is just massive. How are you finding this, Stu? Is it a bit too big, or no? Uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Yeah, it's to me, it's not. If you give it another five years, it's going to start to remind me of the Samuel Adams, you know, the triple bock. I don't know if you guys have ever tried that. No, I I've heard of it. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. I, apparently, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazingly soy sauce. Yeah. 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 So it's heading towards. That's why I said that umami. You know, it's what brought up the garage project. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of flavour only really comes through when you've aged a beer for quite a long time. You know, the real kind of true. Umami kind of characteristic. Mm. It needs you need some age, mm. yeah. Because uh, we get it a lot with like chefs. Heaps and heaps of chefs love pot kettle black, and they mm. say that it all comes through when it's got a bit of age and it mm. gets that umami flavour, mm. and it really matches beautifully with all sorts of food. Like food you'd never expect dark beer to match with. Like they say, you know, like a nice little bit of seared 
whitefish or something. Wow, wow. yeah, cool. Like it brings out the Which you'd never, flavor. Yeah, you yeah. Mm. you'd think it would things. be over the top for it or something, yeah. but yeah. it actually kind of matches really nicely with it when it just like it adds to it in the same way that a little mm. bit of soy sauce would add to that kind of yeah. characteristic or something like that. Uh, and I, that's what I see coming through here beautifully at the moment. Like it's not over the top. No. It may be well be that in you know two or three years this beer's too over the top in that that direction, but it's very moment, rich. It's isn't really it? good. Mm. Yeah. No, this is um. Brewdog's is... another brew like Moa, who you know, people love him or hate him. Yeah. And some people love some of their yeah. beers. Yeah. And, 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 and there are there are things to love about him. There are things to hate about him. But I think yeah, I think I think they they do probably a bit more things right than Moa does. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah. But they they still make their missteps and and it's. I think yeah. Brewdog's like a like in their teenage years where they're still trying to f- actually figure out what they want to be. What they, yeah, yeah, what they're going to be. Yeah. And I think in some directions I can see why people have some negative thoughts about Brewdog, but I think in the long run we'll have to wait and see what happens. Because yeah. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime too soon. They'd... No, I mostly think like they love beer. You can tell they yeah, love yeah, beer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even if they can be kind of a little bit over the top, you yeah. know, a bit brash. Yeah. I mean, I think their no I, I think that. their shtick is that it is like for them it is marketing. Yeah, but they've been like, very smart with that. It's yeah. But if anything, because, they're trying a little bit too hard now when they don't need no, to. No, but the, yeah. that's, I think that's the whole point is that they have to they have to they have to market. That's that's what I think. That's what they're feeling. Cause, yeah, well, they've taken cause, in millions of millions of dollars of you know people's investment, people who love them. You know, yeah. yeah. People who bought their shares. Any well, I'm guys, one of them. Yeah, I, yeah. I brought shares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who bought shares for like three times what they were probably mm. worth. And that, that's because their, that's I didn't buy it as an investment. I bought yeah. it because I like what these guys yeah, do. You're, and you're and a yeah. club member, and you yeah. want to like basically yeah. support them. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think that's really cool. That's their game. It's one of the brilliant things about um, you know uh, you know equity you know online marketing that we're about to be able to do in New Zealand and, and Australia, mm. I think, as well. I think you guys, I don't know if you're going to hit the same kind of mark as we are, but pretty much from sometime this month, I think, in New Zealand, you're going to be able, you're going to probably start to see some New Zealand breweries say, you know, buy some shares in us, you know, via eBay, basically, you know, yeah, like yeah. Kickstarter yeah. kind like of Kickstarter thing. Kickstarter kind of thing, yeah. uh, And I think that's really, really cool because, to me, I, I would rather pay twice the amount for a share of a company I love than a fair price or a normal price for a company who just is into it's it for make the you money. money. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, you're yeah. backing people who you like, who make a product you like, rather than a market that has potential, mm. which is what the share market is really about. Yeah, you know, yeah. A market that has potential. Yeah. And, like, I think as a brewery, it's, it's great because you've already got people invested in, in your you guys as a as a brewery before you've even sold them a beer. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, without, so, without yeah. trying to get too consumer like eighties corporate about it, but like yeah. they're already sold and they haven't even bought your beer yet. Yeah. Yeah, well you you feel now like you own part of Brewdog. So yeah, 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 yeah. So you're like they're one of their biggest advocates. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as they're not total dicks. Yeah, yeah. and, and or, I think for the most or part, worse for me, you know, yeah. like the the Biggest problem for them probably will be that they might become too democratic, you know. <laughs> and it might it might not be that they actually let their shareholders make the decisions, because I'm sure they won't do that, but they may 
feel like they don't want to do something because it may upset. upset. Yeah. 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 So be they, all their beers start yeah. to become a little bit too yeah. samey or something. Mm. But they're, they're not showing signs of that at the moment. And I, I don't. I think they make good. They make good beers. Yeah. Like yeah. They, you, could, you can, as you said, you can tell that they love beer. I find most most brewdog beers I try are, you know, well made, nice beers. That, yeah. yeah. And we got a chance to meet James when he came down here a couple of years ago, and dude is a fucking passionate dude, man. Yeah. He, yeah. He really gives a shit yeah. about about beer, and he's really good at um, spreading the word about good beer. So yeah. I, I think be, as much as some people might dislike them for like marketing stunts which is fair enough they also kind of give a bit more uh, oxygen to the other craft brewers as well I they find. do yeah like, yeah I heard that a lot when I was in the UK mm. last year or earlier this year they there was a lot of small breweries or brew pub owners or you know yeah. um, craft beer bar owners and stuff mm. who said you know I like I like Brewdog, you know, what they stand for, not that keen on their beers, not that keen on the difficulty of working with them now as a bigger business or whatever, but I love what they've opened up, you know, they have just blown the market. Or they're going to be like like the screaming trees or something of the grunge generation where like, they're going to be the guys who have paved the way for everyone else, like, yeah, yeah. And they and they already in the long are, run they, they, they might they, not be remembered as being the biggest brewery yeah. of all time from that scene, but they've paved the way for they a will, lot of I, other I people. Do think yeah. they'll be remembered. I think they'll be more the Nirvana than the yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're certainly they're not the Huskadoo or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the replacements or anything. <laughs> but it almost yeah. feels for me that like the craft beer movement as a thing started, you know, with like Sierra Nevada and stuff in, in, in America. In America. But yeah. then it, it, it does feel like it got a, a big it almost started again with Brewdog, kind of, when they... Well, definitely in the UK, yeah. Definitely in the yeah. UK. Yeah. And well, like, talking, like, the Stu from Magic Rock, yeah. like, the last couple of weeks as well, like, yeah. they wouldn't be breweries like that if there wasn't for Brewdog. So. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, That's, that think, was the sentiment I got there, yeah. that I got the feeling that no one really liked them, but everyone loved them, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, it's, that's a kind of a pretty cool place to be. We we spent a little bit of time with them. Went up to Aberdeen and spent a couple of days there, and they were like very very generous. Um, they seem to have like a really awesome culture amongst their team, uh, and they're a very very big business. So you know mm. you've got to have a, a culture. You know culture yeah. sounds stupid when you're yeah. just two guys who are hanging out having beers together like <laughs> like Sam and I are with Yeasty Boys, but they make as much beer in a day as we do in a year and. Yeah, you have to have culture. You have to have it, yeah, because you have such that a big team. And, yeah. They seem to have a place that loves, you know, people who love what they do, yeah. and it's they're going to have disgruntled staff. They're going to have disgruntled bloggers. They're going to have disgruntled people who drink their beer, who says it's stale or whatever. And you know, that's you what happens when you right become if big. You, if that yeah. didn't happen, yeah, yeah. But they have they've opened up a great, great space for all of us. I think, and yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah. We and shouldn't the fact be, that you guys in New Zealand are feeling it from. All the way up in yeah, fucking yeah. Aberdeen, like we shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't feel any kind of you know um, harm towards them or any disingenuous feelings because really um, it's better that people are drinking their beer than drinking you know AB and Bev. Everyone's helping each other out. Exactly. I think yeah. that's it. Um, the only way is up. Baby, right. <laughs> I think we're gonna start um, start wrapping wrapping this episode up, but it's been a pretty long one. Um, 
Let's do um recommendations. I think we should, yeah. yeah. So So you could recommend like something to do with yeast or to do with boys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I'm gonna recommend the New Zealand movie Boy. <laughs> uh, which is fucking great, I have to say. Um Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you like if you've ever enjoyed Michael Jackson yeah. at all yeah. in any way, yeah. you should check out Boy. Alright, if we're going down the New Zealand theme, my recommendation is uh, when you're in Sydney, go to Cherburger. Cherburger? Have you heard of Cherburger? No. Cherburger is uh, it's pretty close to here. It's a Actually, we can probably go there. Yeah, after so it's, a, it's a New Zealand chef who had a, like an awesome fine dining restaurant in Surrey Hills, and um, he used to do like a, a special on Friday nights where he could he'd do a burger, and the burger became his most popular dish, and the restaurant had a, a fire and burnt down, so with insurance money, he rebuilt the restaurant and made it just do a burger restaurant. Oh, nice. It's called yeah. Churburger. And it's, I like it's, that. They're, yeah. they're probably some of the, the best burgers in, in Sydney. Yeah. Like, pretty much. Oh, down. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so basically, it's like old school 80s party beats and yeah. sweet as burgers. And so then yeah. every table's just got like a bunch of different hot sauces on them. One of them's a, the, the a kiwi fruit hot sauce that I don't, which... Kai Tire Fire? Yeah, yeah. Kai Tire Fire? Yeah. Yeah, and then like the hot Samoan boys, chili sauce. Yeah. And yeah. No, right. yeah. So that's my New Zealand recommendation. Um, putting under pressure. I know, right? <laughs> uh, under um, if we're going to go New Zealand, then uh, God, uh, I've just—I've actually been rewatching all of Flight of the Concords. <laughs> uh, I've just, yeah, it's been—it's been re-airing on on some Foxtel channel, and I've just been watching it, and it's fuck. I love that show. It's, it's a great, great show. show. It's a great yeah. show. Um, and also. Uh, I think Reese Darby has his own. He did his own show, Short Poppies. So uh, he played um, uh, the manager. The manager, yeah. And he, so he's got his own show, which he, he he filmed in New Zealand by himself, and then sold it to Netflix in the states. And it's him. It's kind of like a Chris Lilly style show where he plays a bunch of different characters. But Reese Darby's a lot funnier than Chris Lilly, so <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to change. I'm going to change my recommendation. Watch Short Poppies. <laughs> Short Poppies. Let's. Uh... Um, Soren from Eight Wire just because he's got his beer called Tall Poppy. He yeah, recently yeah. bought out the like the little version of it, like <laughs> you know, four and a half. And called, yeah. no, well, he called it Small Poppy, small poppy. but uh, yeah, he should have called it Short Poppies. Yeah. Tall but he probably would have got served. One of my yeah. favorite beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the other link there yeah. is that like people all the time come across me and say, "Are you Reese Darby?" Especially <laughs> you know, there is a bit of a yeah. <laughs> when I have a like, little bit of a beard gain. Yeah, you should have a shirt like something something yeah. Lord of the Rings and just like rocket. <laughs> But my recommendation would have to be, without a doubt, Beavana. I think. Like, nice. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, of yeah. your listeners should come to Beavana. I reckon I'll. And go not this year. not just for yeah. the festival, but just for just to be for there. Wellington. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you got spend five days yeah. there or something. It's such a great city yeah. for beer, uh, and I do take it for granted a little bit because I'm there all the time, and you yeah. know, <laughs> there's weeks that go by yeah. where I don't go and pop into a bar, but when I do, mm. our bars are so awesome, you know. And yeah. I think it's definitely next to my beer tourism list. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't you, yeah. you go in there and you stay in the city, you don't need to catch a taxi anywhere. Yeah, you walk yeah. everywhere. You can have you know, you've probably got like the best five beer bars in New Zealand. Yeah. I would say so. All within four hundred meters of each other. <laughs> As I said earlier, you know, you've got every second cafe sells great beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, every know, third or fourth restaurant sells great beer. Some of them have beer lists that just blow my mind. You know, they've got half the beer list I've never even tried before. 
they're that good. It's Little Portland, they call it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Little Portland, um, we're not there yet. Portland, did you hear recently they just did some analysis that like mainstream AB Inbev and um, Miller, what is it? Yeah. SAB Miller, Miller. They only have about forty percent of the market. Yeah, that's crazy. Portland, yeah. yeah. So, so in six, craft beer, sixty yeah. percent of the market. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. That's in Australia, it's what three we and a half, I think, yeah. percent. Yeah, sixty yeah. percent of the market. That's amazing. That's what I keep saying. The only way is up. When people say, "Oh, the craft beer's exploded," you probably hear that in Sydney. You know. Can't get any bigger. There can't There's be another. There's talk about yeah. When's the bubble going to burst? They can't be any bigger than what it is nah. now. Yeah, sixty percent of the yeah. market. Yeah. There's going to be some businesses that go under, but yeah, there'll be some. There'll be, I think, little bursts. Yeah. Like little, you know. But I think for the most part, yeah, it is the only way is up, and I think consumers are learning more. Yeah. Know, There's a long, long way ahead. The thing is, there'll be a lot of tiny little breweries now who will be quite big in a few years, and yeah. people will think, oh, I wish they weren't big. Um, but there'll just be lots and lots and lots of little small breweries who are really fun. And, yeah. Yep. And that's, that's, and that's what I'm looking forward some to. Some of us who are bigger than we were when we started will be happy because we can make a living off it. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's um, all that happens. That's pretty sweet, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Hmm. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks very much for, for coming and having a chat with us. Thanks for, for bringing the beer as well. Yeah, it was some fucking uh, awesome that beers. Was, we had it. That was, that's, I think I forgot yeah, that Yeah, a lot had. of that was fucking Ever. great. So, yeah, so... Uh, um, I mean, you can find uh, we're we're all on Twitter uh, as Stu. You're at Yeasty Boys, yep. right? Um, I'm studying beer. I'm Adrian Poor. I'm the Beer Lebowski. All right. Well, uh, thanks for th- thanks for listening. This is a this is. Don't forget your producer. And, and we've got to thank our producer. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> right, He's easy to find here, on here Untapped. Yeah. <laughs> Just search for Gunner Matter. Yeah. <laughs> Trending. <laughs> all for beer. Speaking of which, let's go get some gutter matters. Let's do that. I think that's a good (laughs) idea. All right. See you later, everybody listening.